Hi, I'm Kia Damone. I'm a Florida-born chef, writer, host, and recipe developer. I served as an executive chef of a New York City restaurant at the age of 24 and became Cherry Bomb Magazine's first culinary director at 25. I've been named one of 16 chefs changing Black food in America by the New York Times and Forbes 30 Under 30 in food and beverage. In 2021, I founded Kia Feeds the People, a budding mutual aid effort focusing on food apartheid in Brooklyn. I'll be your guest host for this month of Womanica. This month, we're talking about tastemakers. We're celebrating the Black chefs, cooks, and food historians who created new food ways and preserved important culinary stories of the past. Today, we're talking about a legend of New Orleans cuisine. She believed that a bit of hard work and good food in her dining room could help change the course of American history. Let's talk about Leah Chase. Leah was born on January 6, 1923, in Madisonville, Louisiana, a small town on Lake Pontchartrain. She was the second oldest of 11 kids, raised by Charles and Hortensia Lane, a hardworking, loving couple. Hortensia, a homemaker and seamstress, always made sure her kids kept their elbows off the table and enunciated their words correctly. Charles, who worked in the shipyard, taught his children how to read using salvage books and a pocket Bible. Growing up, Leah lived by her father's mantra, pray, work, and do for others. Leah finished her schooling across the lake in New Orleans, where she attended a Roman Catholic high school. There, she achieved excellent grades and developed a strong devotion to religion, which she'd keep for the rest of her life. Leah graduated at age 16 and pursued a string of odd jobs, including managing two amateur boxers. Soon, though, she took a job waiting tables at a restaurant in the French Quarter. And just like that, she found her calling. Leah loved that job. From the hands-on process of cooking home-style meals to the sheer beauty of the restaurant she worked in. Most of all, she loved the people that congregated in that small establishment. The way family and friends came together over a hot plate, the conversations that sprang up from all corners of the dining room, the sense that a real community existed and subsisted off this food. In 1945, Leah met Edgar Dukey Chase Jr., a jazz trumpeter and band leader. They married a few months later and had four children. Around town, people knew them as the Chases. The movie theater always knew to get enough hot dogs and hot tamales ready when the Chases came for a screening. Trick-or-treaters and Mardi Gras revelers made way for the Chase children, clad in costumes hand-sewn by Leah, and everyone knew to stake out the PTA bake sale for when Leah arrived. Her lemon meringue pies always sold out. After the kids had grown up a bit, Leah and Dukey took over his family's po' boy and lottery shop in the Treme, one of the oldest African-American neighborhoods in the country. Leah's father-in-law first opened up the shop that would become Dukey Chase's restaurant back in 1941. At the time, New Orleans was a deeply segregated city, divided by racist practices and Jim Crow laws. 
The sandwich shop became a place for Black folks to gather and eat something good. Leah eventually helped expand the shop and turn it into a sit-down restaurant and finally a fine dining establishment, a rare thing for Black people at the time. Soon, Leah saw the restaurant become a safe haven. Dookie Chases emerged as a meeting place for important figures in the fight for civil rights. It also became one of the only places where white and Black people could gather to eat and talk together. Leah served members of the NAACP, Freedom Riders, and everyday customers. Dookie Chase's fame as a well-loved spot protected it from police raids. Leah was a pillar of the Treme. She came in every morning, right on time, to open the restaurant and prep meals. She made her values known and clear. She didn't like explicit rock and rap music. She did believe in dressing modestly. She didn't support abortion. She did intend on feeding every person who came through her door a hearty, filling meal. And Leah stayed devoted to her corner in the Treme. Through hard economic times in the 1980s, she stayed put and even renovated Dookie Chases. When Hurricane Katrina flooded the restaurant, she rebuilt it. She used to say, running away from it isn't going to help anything or anybody. If you can't take a risk, you're wasting God's good time on earth. Dookie Chases also became known for the art that adorned the dining rooms. Leah went to an art museum for the first time in her life at the age of 54. When she was growing up, museums were segregated. But after that visit, Leah began collecting art. She amassed Louisiana's best collection of African-American art and shared it with her diners on the walls of Dookie Chases. For years, people vied for one of the 700 reservations to Leah's special Holy Thursday Lunch. It was an annual tradition. Leah served her gumbo zerb, which featured nine different types of greens, collard, beet, and cabbage, to name a few. When Leah didn't show up to the lunch in April 2019, it was the first sign of her failing health. Leah died a few months later in June 2019. She was 96. Over the course of her career, Leah racked up a list of accomplishments, plaques, honors, and titles far too long to list. She served presidents, famous musicians, and civil rights leaders. She was even the inspiration for a Disney princess. But the one trophy she always showed off with pride was her Times Picayune Loving Cup. It celebrates civic participation and unselfish community service and it reminded Leah every day of the community she brought to life in her restaurant. All month, we're talking about tastemakers. For more info and recipes from this month's Womanicans, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan for having me as a guest host. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.